future. All right. So tonight is Bible study. Everybody say Bible study or study of God's word. Did everybody bring a notebook? Because if it's a study, that means you got to take notes. And, uh, you know, they say that only that you can only retain 2% of what you hear. So if you don't write it down, you know, 2% is not, you need to you need to get it all. So write it down so you can study it and, and never forget. Take take this down. You ready? You got a notebook? Take this down. The word is God speaking to you. Did you get it? That's a big note right there. The word is God speaking to you. Thou said God, or thou said Jehovah, is repeated over 2,000 times uh, from Exodus to Deuteronomy. I bet you didn't know that, you know. You know, you didn't come in knowing all those facts, you know. But some of you would say, well, why should I read that over and over and over 2,000 times? Why? You know, God doesn't do anything just because, you know, for for no reason. There's a reason, right? So how are you going to find out the reason why God works? You're going to talk to him, aren't you? You're going to ask him. I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal why 2,000 times. And here's what he told me. So that everyone would know that God and his word are one. You have to repeat it that many times, you know, so that everyone will know that God is God. There is no other God but him. So you say amen. And faith is always now. And his word is always now. Not tomorrow, but as you read it. So take notes. Jesus is the living word. And let me let me turn to the Hebrews four uh, twelve in the Moffat translation. I, I don't know if they got the Moffat translation. I hope they do. It says the logos of God. Repeat that logos of God. That is a living thing, active and more cutting than any sword, with double edge, penetrating to the very division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, scrutinizing the very thoughts and conceptions of the heart. You know, I looked up the definition for logos in the dictionary, and it says the divine wisdom manifest in the creation creation government and redemption of the world and often identifies with the second person of the Trinity. So who is the second person of the Trinity? That's Jesus. And then even the dictionary tells you that, that 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 is the, the word logos is Jesus. Hallelujah. The next verse says, and no created thing is hidden from him. All things lie open, exposed before the eyes of him with whom we have to reckon. Whew, that's powerful, right? I mean, big, the word is like sharper than a scalpel. You know, I work with doctors, you know, and they, they, they give you electrocardiogram that to, to block blood from bleeding, and they have a scalpel where they cut tumors out. Well, guess what? The word of God can cut your tumor out. You know, I was going to tell, uh, Peter's not here today, but I was going to, you know, his mother's testimony. One day I was in to talk with, uh, we have a lot of new believers, but his mother was supposed to die in six days. That's like how many years ago? You know, several years ago. I don't remember how many, but she's alive today. But she came up for prayer and the word of God, the scalpel removed that tumor that the doctor said that she had in her and was going to kill her. And she's alive today. I mean, I think like, what, 14, 15 years ago? I mean, a long time, you know. 
says, you've got to have faith in the word of God. You've got to know that the word of God is, and it says, and it does what it says it will do. So the word is called logos, and Jesus is the logos, and the logos is a living thing. It's not words in a book. You know, people think the Bible, you know. No. <laughs> Jesus is a living thing. Not a, not just words on a written page, but on the lips of the believer. Did you hear that? It's a living thing once it gets in the lips of the believer. Not just reading it with your eyes, but speak it with your mouth. Are you a believer? Shout, I am a believer. Are you ready to study? So let's turn to uh, let, let's turn to Matthew thirteen seventeen to thirty eight in the Living Bible. And Jesus says, "All right," he said, "I am the farmer who sows the choice seed." The underlying choice seed. The field is the world, and the seed represents the people of the kingdom. The thistles and the people belong to Satan. So if we turn to Matthew thirteen ten now in the Living Bible. His disciples came and asked him. I want you to underline that that whole sentence there. His disciples came and asked him. Because I'm going to come back to that later. Why do you always use those hard-to-understand illustrations? When you read the Bible, when you first get saved, how many of you thought that? Why is he using those hard-to-understand illustrations, you know? All right? Jesus then explained to them that only they were permitted to understand about the kingdom of heaven. And others were not. Are you listening? Are you a disciple? Then you and I should be very happy and excited to know that everyone, we, you know, not everyone will understand what the word of God says, but we will. Can you say glory? You know, I'll, you, if you ask him, if you're just not going to understand, but you got to talk to him. I was listening to Pastor Adeboye uh, uh, when I when before I started writing this, and he was talking about the price that he paid for his anointing, you know. Pastor Adeboye, and you know, so, something about me, when I read the word or hear something, I, for some reason, the Holy Spirit tells me underline the first two words or the first three words, and then and then my spirit, it just lights up. Well, he when he was starting to teach this, on, uh, I was listening to YouTube, and the first four words that he spoke just lit up my holy, my spirit inside. And the first four words that said, he said, I spoke to God. Right there, that just gave me revelation. I spoke to God. His disciples spoke to Jesus. You know, a lot of us, the, the question you would have, uh, how many of you have been, have spoke to God or spoke to Jesus or you just pray all the time, you know? I mean, some people pray. The disciples spoke to Jesus, asked him, what do you mean by that? You're supposed to spoke, speak to God. And if you want to be placed somewhere in, your, in a ministry or life, speak to God. Not just pray, you know. Not just ask, but speak to him like he's right there. He's your father. You know, let's, let, on a side note, let's, let, let's turn to Isaiah 1, 18. Isaiah 1, verse 18. Come, let's talk this over, say the Lord, no matter how deep the stain of your... Now, let's turn it on in, uh, in the King James. Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. 
Though your sins be as uh, as as uh, scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like wool. But he said, but but I, I underlined the top sentence. Is come and let us reason together. See, our Father tells us, talk to me. You know, tell me what's going on in your life. You know, not not just you know like plain like, give me, give me, give me. You know, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. You know, you know, but. <laughs> But, you know, like a lot of people come to for prayer, they want faith prayer, you know. No, talk to him, you know. Tell him what's going on in your life. Tell him what, you know. Pastor Adeboye said, he, he asked him that he wanted to, when, when Jesus said, greater than, than what I do, shall you do also. He said, I, I want to do greater things. What do I have to do? And that's when he revealed to him, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, Elijah was a, a kingmaker that fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Are you willing to pay the price? And he said at the time he was used to eat a lot. You know, he, he never skipped a meal. And to, so him to, to, to pay the price, so when he fasts 40 days and 40 nights, he, he took that. But he's asked God, you know, I want, I want to do more like what you said in the word. So it doesn't just happen, you know. Greater things that you do, we try to figure it out, you know, just by the word. We're just going to do it. No, you've got to pay the price. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah told us a prophecy that we see fulfilled every day today. And, uh, and I, I believe it's Isaiah 6, 9 in the Amplified. And he said, go and tell the people, hear and hear continually, but understand not. And see and see continue, but do not apprehend with your mind. In another version, it says, easy to understand. It says, they hear, but don't understand. They look, but don't see. For their hearts are fat. And heavy, and their ears are dull, but rejoice. Let me let me let you know the hear the good news. Okay, see a lot of people hear, and Christians they sit in church and they hear, but they don't understand, and and they see, but they don't really see. You know, I mean, you have to really open your eyes of understanding. You have to talk to God and tell tell the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what they're saying. Open my ears. Let me understand. In Matthew thirteen sixteen in NIV. It says, but here's the good news. Are you ready? But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Say, I'm blessed because my eyes are blessed and my ears hear and understand. That's what God said about us. See? So we continue to say that I am blessed because I can see and I can understand. I can hear. Are you ready to hear what Jesus is teaching us? All right, let's go back to Matthew 13, 37, 38. He said, all right, he said, I am the farmer who sows the choice seed. Underline choice seed because the choice seed is you. The field is the world, and the seed represents the people of the kingdom. The thistles are the people belonging to Satan. And in Matthew 13, 10, his disciples came and asked him, why do you always use this heart to understand illustrations? So he started, so because they asked him, he told them. See, you have to ask Jesus to reveal his word when you read it. Why, Lord? Talk to him, just like he's sitting next to you. And he said, I am the farmer who sows the choice seed. Can you say hallelujah? See, you are the choice seed. Can you say thank you, farmer Jesus? The field is the world, and the seed represents the people of the kingdom. If that's you, say Amen. And the thistles are the prickly plants that are the people that belong to Satan. They're also around us, you know. Are you listening? 
Satan is a farmer too, and he sows thistles and thorns and prickly plants. But let's concentrate on what God said. Are you ready for the good news? In God's hands, we are seed, and the world is his field. God wants to put our lives in his hands, wants us to put our lives in his hands and allow him to plant us into the world. By that, you tell God, I want to be planted in good soil, and I know that you are the farmer and I am the seed. But listen to this. God determines the type of seed you are and where to plant you. So let's go to Genesis 1 so we can understand this, 11, 12 in the Living Bible. Genesis 1, 11 to 12 in the Living Bible. And he said, let the earth burst forth with every sort of grass and seed-bearing plant and fruit trees with seeds inside the fruit so that these seeds will produce the kinds of plants and fruits that they came from. And so it was, and God was pleased. Ask God to give you revelation because as I read this, you will get revelation on this word. And God was pleased, he said. Let us read it in the message. God spoke, earth, green up, grow all varieties of seed-bearing plants, every sort of fruit-bearing tree. And there it was. Earth produced green, green seed-bearing plants of all varieties and, and fruit-bearing trees of all sorts. God saw it was good. And he, it was the evening, and it was morning, day three. Notice that he said seed-bearing plants. Write your notes. In the King James, it reads, whose seed is in itself. Some would ask, does that, what does that mean? So I'm glad this is a study of his word. Can I teach you tonight? Hallelujah. This means that a seed of corn is always going to produce corn. A kernel of wheat will produce wheat. A grain of rice will produce rice. You cannot get rice from corn. Are you with me? God created you with a plan in mind. He planned our lives before we were even born. Now he wants to plant each of us in a place where we can bloom and bring forth fruit in our season. Can I get a little spiritual tonight? All right, here it goes. A seed first is planted in the ground to go through a process of actually dying. Start asking God to start revealing this. Then a root, a rootlet or a seedling will begin. It will begin to push its way through the earth as the rain and the sunshine give life to it. Are you with me? Remember, you are a seed. Does that seed ever think, my God, how am I going to get through all this dirt that's on top of me? It's hard. It's hopeless. I can't do this. Who's getting revelation? Bring God's hands to the floor. What do you do when you first start to serve God? This is hard. I don't know if I can do this. You mean Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? You know, I don't know, you know. You mean I don't have to follow some coming up there, you know? I, I don't know, you know, people persecuting me. You know, I, I don't know, and I can't take it anymore. It's like the little seed. I can't, I, I can't breathe. I can't get up. You know, some people in, in, in life, I can't take it anymore. I want a divorce. Well, I, I'm out of here. I mean, I've seen people in the church get divorced. I've seen people in the church say, I'm out of here. After they were planted. Are you with me? Bear with me. Don't, don't. 
Don't shut me out. I'm going somewhere with this. But one day it happens. The seed broke through. The seed came forward. And the bud breaks into the sunlight. I know some of you are getting it now. But if you're not, let me bring it closer to home. Many members of the body of Christ are like that seed. All they see is dirt piled on top of them. Even leaders at ministry sometimes feel mistreated, left out. Maybe they feel God has forsaken them because all they see is the dirt on top of them. They haven't broke through because they've been faithful. They didn't stick long enough. But listen to me. If they just stay where God planted them and stay faithful during the hard times, they will come forth. They will break through into the sunlight. Just like our leaders in this church. You know, they, they stayed faithful. We were, that was the time when, when we felt like there was dirt on top of us, you know. But we didn't leave. We might have got upset a few times here and there, but we stuck it out. All the leaders that are here sitting here have been here with us forever. They, they stuck it out. And boom, all of a sudden, they broke through. And thank God because they never moved. Are you getting it? A seed is destined to spring forth if it is planted in good soil. And you are planted in good soil here at the Power Love Church. Can you say amen? God wants his children to grow up and be like a tree planted by the rivers. Amen. In Psalms 1, 3 in the King James, it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. Did you hear that? Whatsoever he does shall prosper. Whatsoever he does. Whatsoever he does. Get it in your heart. Whatsoever he does. If you are a tree planted by the rivers of water, then you will bring forth fruit in due season. And whatsoever you do will prosper. You don't, you don't have to... Uh, it's called, a lot of people are called church hoppers, you know. They go from one place to the other. They're never planted, you know. You can't bring forth fruit like that. The, the, what happened in this church and why we're so blessed now in the anointing and you see our pastor, the teachers, you know, I've seen them from the beginning. They're stuck. And I say it with my mouth all the time when I talk to them, I never leave them. I'm stuck, you know, till the last day, till you take me to the Say a prayer over me at the mortuary. I'm here, you know, because I'm planted. God planted me, and I'm not moving. And our leaders here are like that. That's why they're strong in the Lord and the power of their mouth. Hallelujah. Have you ever noticed something peculiar about a tree? It never moves. Of all the trees that I have in my house, I've never driven up my driveway to the house and found one of my trees had moved to a different place. Get revelation tonight. Are you getting it? Now, the reason I'm preaching is because I've seen it. It's, I mean, I've been around for a long time. I've seen ministries. I've seen ministries that used to do the same thing that we're doing now, going out to the streets, <laughs> winning souls. Head of ministries, they left. They got uprooted. And I guarantee you, a lot of them are not producing fruit today and wondering why everything they do doesn't prosper, you know. And I know because I hear stories, you know, 
I see them, they're not no longer producing what they produced here because they got up and moved. Are you getting it? In the body of Christ, it happens to leaders also. The first time someone offends them, they're ready to pull up roots and move somewhere else. Then they wonder why there's no fruit in their life. Who's getting it tonight? Hallelujah. See, I just, not too long ago, I was at the hospital. I was leaving. And a, a member of one of the other churches that was that used to be a leader, that we got up and moved, and he was there with his mom in the, in the hospital, and he he didn't look like he used to, you know. I could just see that it wasn't the blessing that the love of God that he had when I met, met him wasn't there, you know. And I'm, he 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 couldn't tell me where he went to church or anything, you know. So you know, he just said, "You look good, Jesse. Yeah, thank you." you know? Hallelujah. But he used to be a leader. But what happened? They got pulled. They pulled their roots out. They're ready to move somewhere. Hallelujah. Who's getting it? Says to write in your notes. I will. I am planted by rivers of water, and I will not move. We know trees can't cannot move without risk of death. Right? Think about it. In the kingdom, we are all seeds with a giant oak tree inside that seed. When you first get saved, you're a seed, and there's an inside that seed, there's a giant oak tree. And one day, what you see here in this church, like Pastor Sammy, Pastor George, Peter, Graham, the leaders, there you see them as oak trees now, you know. But that seed that was in them, they became an oak tree, rivered by the, planted by the rivers of water. Hallelujah. Are you listening? The glory of God is in that seed. Say, the glory of God is in my seed. But a bad attitude, for whatever reason, can keep that glory from being exposed. We must constantly examine ourselves. Are you listening? And be willing to die to our own purposes and dreams in order to let God's will be done. No matter the personal cost. A lot of us want this and want that, you know. It don't matter. You have to give that up. Are you willing to pay the cost? Give your personal wants away and let God plant you where he wants you and let him grow. Let this oak tree grow and produce fruit. Did you hear me? There is a cost. Say there's a cost. Now let's turn to 2 Timothy 1.9 in the King James. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. Did you hear that? He didn't call you because of what you did. He called you according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That's why we praise him. Man, when you read scriptures like this, say, oh, how can I not praise him? Before the world was began, he had me already, his mind, and he called me in a holy calling. Hallelujah. In the Living Bible, 2 Timothy 1.9, it is he who saved us, who Jesus, say Jesus, and chose us for his holy work. Jesus saved us and chose us. That is something to be so excited about. The Son of God chose me. Hallelujah. For what? For his holy work. Not because I deserved it, but because, because that was his plan long before the world began. 
to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. Are you hearing me? That's why I, I was giving flowers to Pastor George the other day, because that's what he does. You know, he was called to show his love and kindness through Christ to us. And that I can see that when somebody looks at you and loves you, you know. And I can only see the people that are just there, you know. But the people that love you, man, they look at you with that love in their eyes, you know. And don't ever forget that love is number one in your life because love is in you. No valentine can take the place of that. <laughs> Hallelujah. God saved us and called us, chose us. Say, he chose me. We have a calling. Say, God chose me, and I have a calling. He called me. I have been called by God, my creator. That's big. If you're born again, then you are called. How many born-again believers am I talking to? Th that's all? Good. The rest of you need to get born again tonight then. Let's hear it again. How many born believers am I talking to? That's, that's what I want to hear. So now, listen to this. You cannot stand before Jesus one day and say, I was never called. Because y'all were called. He saved you and called you according to his purpose, his own purpose and grace. Not your purpose. He called you for his purpose. Where we make a mistake is if we want what we want. No, ask him what he would want you to do. And, and let him fulfill your purpose. And I'll guarantee you that you're going to be very happy with that. That means that you are not here by accident. You have a destiny in God to fulfill. You heard me. If you don't know your purpose, then you must talk to the Father. I said talk to the Father. Did you hear me? Talk to your Father. I didn't say pray, you know. I don't say pray day and night. Like I said, give me, give me, give me. I'll take all you can give me. No, talk to your Father. Remember what Pastor Adeboye said. I spoke to God. So you speak to God and ask him, what do you want me to do? Where do you want to plant me? Or, or just, you can even ask him, I would like to do this and that. And then he will tell you what it takes. He will show you by the word what it takes to get there. Uh, he'll give you revelation by the Holy Spirit to what's your part in the body of Christ. Remember the story of the promised land? We've read it a lot. It was ordained, God ordained for the children of Israel to go to the promised land after God took them from Egypt. However, because of doubt and unbelief, they missed their purpose in life. For 40 years, they walked in circles in the wilderness. Can you imagine that? For 40 years, they walked in circles when they could have been enjoying the promised land. How, why did they wait 40 years? Until all the males older than 20 had died. So God waited till all the males that were there that refused, that did believe to die. So people with no purpose tend to walk in circles. Did you hear me? We walked in circles till we got saved, right? We thought we were going somewhere, but all of a sudden we thought we were back in the same place again. You know? Their failures on God, you know, the people that walk in circles, they blame their failures on God or someone else. It's always somebody's fault. 
you know. I'm sure some people are blaming our church for leaving, you know. It's not their fault. They didn't see their mistake, you know. They walk until they dig holes for themselves and eventually die. And many times they die full of bitterness, mad at other people of God. I, I take care of a lot of older people that come to the hospital a lot of times, and some of them are always mad, you know. And I say, I don't ever want to be like that. You're always blaming somebody. But as you know, Joshua and Caleb, the only two men of that generation to live and to see the promised land. Why? Because they believed God. Ponder on this. They were of a different spirit. You are a different spirit. You're not like the world. They, they, they knew that they had a purpose and a call on their life. And that by faith in God, they could possess the land, the promised land. Did you hear me? By faith, they can produce the promised land. Can you imagine Joshua and Caleb waited for 40 years because of all those unbelievers? They could have been enjoying the promised land all this time. Who's getting it? We need to be careful who we surround ourselves with. See, They were surrounded by, by unbelievers. And you can be surrounded by unbelievers because they can keep you from the promises of God. Wrong talking can destroy your life. Are you hearing me? A lot of you still have family members. You still eat with them. You still party with them, you know. Probably somebody had a Super Bowl dinners or whatever. And so, you, you know, myself, I, I've separated from any person that's not born again, you know. I don't want to see, I don't want to have dinner with them. I didn't hear them, you know. They, I, they, I would preach to them, but that's about it, you know. And I don't want to hear me either, you know. Hallelujah. Now, turn to Jude 12. I think it's 112, but it's uh, an easy-to-read version. I think it's Jude uh, verse 12. Easy-to-read version. These people are like dirty spots among you. They bring shame to you in the special meals that you share together. They eat with you and have no fear. They take care of only themselves. They are like clouds without rain. The wind blows them around. They are like trees that have no fruit at harvest time and are pulled out of the ground, so they are twice dead. Those are the people sometimes that you hang around with. Find who they are and get away from them. You know, that's the price you pay. Get away from any unbelievers that talks, or talks all they do is talk about themselves. Remember what we read earlier. God ordained us before the world was made. Are you listening? I believe that when God created the world, he looked ahead and saw a time period in which sin would abound as never before. A time when great calamities would happen, and it's happening today on earth. He saw a time when great deception would come to try the people of God. A time when gross darkness would come on many people, and the love of many would wax cold. And in the midst of seeing all this, I believe God said to himself, I am going to raise up a people who will not compromise my will. Are you listening? A people with my spirit, with my anointing, and with my joy to go forth into those days and usher in the greatest move of my spirit the world has ever seen. That's what you're waiting for. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and raise up a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I said, 
without spot or wrinkle. Write that in your notes, without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. If there's a spot or wrinkle in your life, ask the Lord. Iron it out. But you have to ask him, is there a spot? You know there's a spot or a wrinkle. So as the worship team comes up, I mean, I'm not ready to close, but I've still got some more scriptures here that they can set up. In closing, let me leave you with this words from the from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, 1 to 4 in the Living Bible. Who's learning something tonight? So Ephesians 5, in the Living Bible. Here's where the word of God, be obedient. Follow God's example in everything that you do. As, as a much-loved child imitates his father, be full of love for others. Follow the example of Christ who loved you and, and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away your sins. And God was pleased, for Christ's love for you was like sweet perfume to him. Let there be no such sin, impurity, or greed among you. Let no one be able to accuse you of any such things. Dirty stories or foul talk, coarse jokes, those are not for you. Instead, remind each other of God's goodness and faithfulness. Hallelujah. Did you listen? What happens when you hang around the lost sheep, you will, you will hear those kind of stories. You don't want to hear that. Shut your ears to that. Are you ready for the love letter? Are you sure? Here it goes. This is Jesus' Valentine's letter for you. Are you going to obey? Ephesians 5, 19 to 33 in the Living Bible. Talk with each other much about the Lord. I underlined that whole sentence. Now he's talking to couples. Are you obeying him? Talk with each other much about the Lord. Don't talk about problems. Don't talk about what's going on at work or whatever, you know. But he says, talk to each other much about the Lord. Are you doing that at home? Talk about Jesus. What did you read today? Hey, what did you hear today? Quoting psalms and hymns and singing sacred songs, just like Miss Carol just did up here. Singing sacred songs, making music in your hearts with the Lord, hymns, quoting psalms. How many of you have quoted psalms and hymns to your family at home, to each other? Always give thanks for everything, for God, uh, for everything to our God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you listening? This is for marriage couples, so you can stay together and happy. Honor Christ. By submitting to each other. Did you hear me? How do you honor Christ? By submitting to each other. You wives, underline that wives, must submit to your husbands, to his leadership in the same way that you submit to the Lord. For a husband is in charge of his wife in the same way Christ is in charge of the body of the church. He gave his own life to take care of it. And be its savior. So you wives must willingly obey your husbands in everything. In what? In everything. Just as the church obeys Christ. It's kind of heavy, right? But you got to do it. 
And you husbands, I didn't lead you out. Are you ready? Show the same kind of love to your wives as Christ showed the church when he died for her. To make her holy and clean, washed by baptism and God's word, so that he could give her to himself as a glorious church without a single spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Being holy without a single fault. That is how husbands should treat their wives. Are you listening? Loving them as part of themselves. For since a man and his wife are now one, a man is ready doing himself a favor and loving himself when he loves his wife. No one hates his own body, but loving cares for it. Just as Christ cares for his body, the church, of which we are part. That the husbands and wives are one body is proved by the scripture which says, A man must leave his father and mother. Are you, he are you hearing me? What, when he marries so that he can be perfectly joined to his wife. And no two shall be one. And, and, and the two shall be one. I know this is hard to understand. But it is an illustration of the way we are part of the body of Christ. So again I say, and here's repeating himself. Again I say, a man must love his wife as part of himself. And the wife must see to it that he deeply respects her husband. Obeying, praising, and honoring him. Are you doing that? Is Christian here? Christian Veronica? No? guess not. They have a good story to tell about when, when they wanted me to pray for them. And I said, y'all not married. I couldn't pray for you. And uh, I'm glad they blame me. They said, y'all, you made us get married. But it's talking about, he's not talking about people living together. He's talking about marriage. Because that's a holy matrimony. That's why they call it holy matrimony. Hallelujah. So tonight, like I said, if you want to be blessed by Pastor George, get baptized the marriage couples come on up here. And if you, uh, I, I want you to put that Hebrews up, up on the board, the healing scripture on order with Aaron. Did you have it? Uh, uh, not in Hebrews. James 5, 14 and 15, put it at the back of me. So y'all read it. And if there's any sick among you, you can come on this side. And I, as an elder of the church, would anoint you with oil. And I guarantee that you will be healed tonight. Because God never lies, and that's what he said. So if you read the scripture behind me, he said, is anyone sick? You should call for the elders of the church. They should pray for him and pour a little oil upon him, calling on the Lord, and he will heal them. Hallelujah. And if you're not born again tonight, and if you don't know Jesus the way I'm talking about tonight, then tonight, come over here and let me pray for you. And you know, I see a lot of women, a lot of wives that are looking for a husband. If you want a blessed husband, maybe we'll agree that you'll find the right husband after tonight in Jesus' name. And we'll just come.